Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling podcast. I'm Pam Larickia, longtime unschooling mom and author. Join me and my wonderful guests for interviews, information, and inspiration about unschooling and living joyfully with your family. You can find the episode show notes, your free introductory ebook, What is Unschooling?, and lots more information at livingjoyfully.ca. And here's the show. Hello, everyone. I'm Pam Larickia, and this is episode number 114 of the podcast. It's the 7th of March, 2018, as I record this intro. And this week on the podcast, I speak with Hema Bardwash. Hema is an unschooling mom with two children and an amazing artist. Hema and I talk about her illustrations for my new book, The Unschooling Journey, A Field Guide. She talks about the inspiration behind the images and shares wonderful stories about her own unschooling journey. Our conversation spanned almost two hours, so I decided to break it into two parts to give you more time to savor her stories and insights. And that means part two will come out next week. And if you'd like to see the illustrations that we're talking about, be sure to check out the episode transcript. I added them alongside our conversation so that you can see some of the aspects that we reference. Now, as a personal update this week, I just want to say thanks so much to everyone who has bought a copy of the book. I am thrilled with the feedback so far. I love that the book and the ideas are resonating with you guys. And I've received two lovely editorial reviews. Rachel Rainbolt wrote, In The Unschooling Journey, A Field Guide, Pam Larickia extends an invitation to frame our deschooling process as a hero's journey. This deep and beautiful storying of the transition into unschooling pulls from literary hero monomus to inspire new meaning for our own journeys off the mainstream path and into connection, trust, and adventure with our children. And Ellen Rowland wrote, Every journey deserves a journal. This one is a treasure. This is the book I wished I'd had years ago when we began unschooling our two children. Beautifully illustrated and full of wisdom and encouragement, Pam's latest book accompanies us through the stages of our own journey, guided by examples rooted in storytelling, legends, and mythology, as well as her many years of experience unschooling her own children. Its meaning crosses the threshold of learning with freedom and unfolds in ways that ask us to seriously question and playfully explore the lives we live with our children. Thanks to you both, and I truly hope that you guys find the book helpful as you navigate the twists and turns of your own unschooling journey. And a huge thank you to everyone who has chosen to support the show on Patreon. I deeply appreciate all my patrons and their generous support. It's vital to helping me share unschooling information and inspiration with anyone who wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to help support the show, even for as little as a dollar a month, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And this week's quote is from Hema. My spirit got unschooling. I got it. I had wanted that all my life, but all the parts of me that had gone through school that had been raised by parents who were doing their best and saying, hey, you know, we need you to learn this and this and this. 
only if you learn this will you be successful in life. All of that was getting shaken up. She's talking about the illustration that we ended up using on the book cover as well, called Transitions, and it's related to stage five of our unjourney, Embracing Beginner's Mind. I love the way she describes that beautiful yet challenging dichotomy when our spirit gets it, but all those parts of us that have absorbed those conventional messages around learning and parenting for so long are being shaken to their core. And things almost always seem worse at night, don't they? Our fears become scarier, more urgently in need of an answer right now. Yet, even in the darkness, the beautiful possibilities of unschooling call to us. And I think Hema did an incredible job of conveying those feelings, of putting us right there in that moment. And with that, let's get to my conversation with Hema. Hi everyone, I'm Pam Larickia from livingjoyfully.ca and today I'm here with Hema Baradwaj. Hi Hema! Hi. Hello, hello. <laughs> Just a bit of background for everyone. I've known Hema for many years now, first online in unschooling groups, and then we met in person over the years at various conferences and gatherings. And then in 2016, I came across and connected deeply with Hema's art. So I was working on my book about the unschooling journey, which is through the lens of Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey which I've been working on for three years. And I had come across many illustrations of the hero's journey online. And soon after seeing uh, Hema's work, I could not shake the idea of illustrating the unschooling journey for my book. So I reached out to her and we soon began a super fun side quest to do just that in her beautifully whimsical and intricate style. And I thought it would be great fun to chat with Hema about her illustrations and how they relate to her unschooling journey with her family. So to get us started, can you first share with us a bit about you and your family? Um, sure, Pam. Um, so maybe I'll give the ages. Raghu is almost 15 and Zoya is almost 12 in just a few weeks. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty excited. And... Um, a long time ago, Raghu would stop us and say, how come you're not asked your ages? So I will say, <laughs> Ravi, 50 this year, and I'm 43. And uh, I, ever since then, I've always done that. If somebody asked my kids ages and I was right there, I'd be like, and I'm 43. You know, just, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, uh, yeah, it's always something with Raghu that he would point out these things that adults do. So it, it stayed with me. Um Ravi uh, was raised in India, actually. If I could just give a little background, yeah, so sure. it gives a flavor for uh, who we are. Um, Ravi was raised in India, and I was raised in um, United Arab Emirates, uh, which is a tiny little country in the um, Saudi Arabian Peninsula. Um, so we both were raised in different countries. I was, uh, like, I was exposed to Arabic and English and um, Kannada and Hindi at home. Uh, Ravi was exposed to Telugu and Kar so we were both basically bilingual, but our common language eventually became Hindi. So in our home, we have Hindi and English mostly. Um, and further on, Ravi moved to the U.S. when he was 22 and loved the U.S. and pretty much always wanted to live here. 
Uh, I was uh, studying in Bombay as an undergrad. I did my art there. I did my advertising years, you know, some work. And then I joined a master's program in NYC, met Ravi, and just didn't look back. <laughs> Settled down in New Jersey. Um, so since then, since we had Raghu and Zoya, somewhere when the kids were four and one, we moved to Singapore and then moved to Pune, which is another city in India, uh, very close to Bombay, actually, which is now called Mumbai, by the way, <laughs> to be correct. Um, and then four and a half years ago, we moved back to the U.S. So we've had a checkered sort of path, uh, building communities as we travel. Um, and our unschooling journey was like all along, pretty much. Um, yeah. Wow. Tell you. Yeah. yeah, you got that's That's really cool to hear. So I've known you through various uh, moves. <laughs> I guess I didn't yeah. really, because mostly we connect online, right? So yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. very cool. Okay, yeah. so now let's dive into the unschooling bit of your journey. And Ooh. we're going to start with the first illustration you did, which is titled Ordinary World. And that appears in stage one of our journey, which is the call to unschooling. So I was wondering if you could talk a bit about how that image came about for you. Yeah. Um, so I want to say at the outset that when I read your book and I found it so rich, so rich. And I was like, oh, my goodness, she's visually made this book so rich. What am I going to bring to this? I can't possibly into it. It's so visually rich and, um, you know, short of illustrating the actual stories and um, uh, mythological inspiration and the hero's path itself, I was wondering what would come to me. I wondered, I really wondered for a little while and I would sketch and doodle. And then all of a sudden it became clearer to me that I am a hero right here. Uh, so is Ravi. So are my kids. We're heroes of our path. What does that journey feel like to us? And so it became, you know, my own. And then I was like, wait a second, this is becoming clearer. So I kind of followed my feelings towards these illustrations and they came from that space. Um, I was not sure whether it would match your vision. And I was so thrilled when you felt the same and felt mm -hmm. like, yeah, this works. That was amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love the experience of drawing this first image because when it became clear to me um, years ago that Raghu came and changed our lives, um, it just overnight, I remember one night when he was an infant and he was, he was what, I don't know, five days old maybe, right? He was, we were so scared to sleep right next to him, even though my mother who, you know, bless her, my God, she was with me through all those days. And she assured me, you will not roll over on your child. You will be fine. You know, like she was the attachment parenting extraordinaire who didn't know the term yeah. attachment parenting, but just knew from being her beautiful self um, that all is well. And this, you know, anyway, so both Ravi and I are sleeping at night and this little baby, we put him down on the carpet. So we reduced our bed to just a king mattress, put him on a little beautiful bassinet right in front of our eyes in the center of the bed on the floor so we could lie on our stomachs and watch him because we were so scared that if we both fell asleep and he needed us we wouldn't wake <laughs> and it was it was magical there was something about that night that we both realized that that's it life is never i mean it's just some some other being has entered here i mean i know all parents feel this but i feel that connection then just kept growing and i was like oh my god we it never has to end 
And so I always had a feeling that school hadn't worked out for me quite the way I wanted it to. So I did carry some school baggage, although I apparently did well at school, according Mm -hmm. to whatever my parents thought was well. Um, But I didn't feel well. I felt like my learning was never complete. The bell was always ringing just as I got a concept in my head. And um, I had struggled with that. So when Raghu came along and we, I was fortunate, I was working from home. I did some teaching. I was already out of the stressful advertising world and into art. Oh my God, centering into my art and centering into Raghu and getting to know Ravi as this incredible man who would give me so much space and say, I will wake up and change his diapers any number of times. You just get your rest. And Ravi was working full time doing his master's at that point at, you know, Fordham part-time. So he, he he's like, I, I feel teary when I think about this because I feel like that journey started on that footing. Mm-hmm. And then um, the more we thought about preschool as he got to two and a half, I'd never heard of unschooling, ho- I mean, I mean, let alone home. I mean, I didn't even hear about homeschooling. So I felt, um, you know, that the choices were school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd never actually questioned that. I, I wonder how I never did. But anyways, I never oh, questioned. me neither. <laughs> Right. It was like, you know, school was a given. And I remember sitting on the counter as, you know, like a 12 year old and a 14 year old and always arguing with my parents, always giving them um, this gigantic spiel on how school was wrong and how it should be this. And why can't they listen? And what's the point of this historic lesson versus learning what is going on in the world now and all kinds of stuff. And my mother would just listen and listen and listen. And at the end of three hours of my tirade, you know, she'd say, all right, and now you have school tomorrow, Hema. You got to go get <laughs> And I'd go right back, you know, but I remember that um, dissonance that I had with the idea that somebody outside of me was going to tell me what to learn. Mm-hmm. And I think that had stayed with me over the years. And um, I'm just grateful. I feel like big forces work in my life outside of me even that have just guided me. I don't know. It's like from my gut. So my little cloud people in this illustration, ordinary world are my gut. My I don't know. It sounds like horrible. What a horrible comparison. <laughs> Intuition. Uh, this one, uh, intuition. Yes, my intuition, my my happy people who live in my head and tell me that change is awesome. Let's do more. Let's find this. Let's find that. Let's make this happen. Um, and I think uh, that journey started around the time Raghu was two and a half, went for a little preschool. He only went three days a week, only for three hours at a time. I was sitting right outside that door because he would refuse to be inside if he couldn't see me through the window. Mm -hmm. Now, this little preschool was the most delightful, beautiful little Montessori. The parents who ran it, one of them was a rabbi. uh, The other woman was my yoga teacher. And they were just beautiful. They were these women who were attachment parenting. So, you know, what could go wrong, right? This Mm -hmm. was this amazing preschool that I'd found. And Raghu rejected it. Out. Like, you know, he played along. I, I will say the words are correct. Played along. Yeah. He's like, oh, you think I should be with these guys? Okay, because he trusted me, right? Mm-hmm. So along with it. And when I think about it, I now recognize over the years, I recognize, my God, all he was doing was saying, oh, you think I should be with them? Okay, I'll give it a try. I'll give, wait a second. I don't like this. I don't like, you know, and then it started to come up. One day he told me in the kitchen, I may have been a month into this preschool experience or two. And he said, can I go to school only on Fridays? Now, this is like just shy of three or around three. And I said, oh, why Fridays? He said, oh, because that's the day we get to bake challah, 
which is the you know the, the bread mm-hmm. they make on Fridays they would do this beautiful little ceremony they would get to drink grape juice and i already had just discovered john hold i just discovered some alternate books and the idea of homeschooling was on the periphery somewhere i don't i think i just bumped into it because ragu also had severe seasonal allergies and the naturopath we had thank god discovered at that point uh, had mentioned casually oh you know you don't have to stress him out with this school experience that he's not liking right now you could homeschool and i'm like what yeah. what where has this been all my life yeah. <laughs> so i began to see that little school and in this image you can see this little child looking at the bird through the window and in the other window you see a poster that depicts pretty much the same exact scene of the cliffs and what you see in this image is on a poster inside with children looking at the poster versus turned around and looking at the real world and i think that's how i felt growing up and as i saw raghu's vision of this little school he's understanding that yes they're very nice people but i don't want to be here i want to be out there um oh they i built this beautiful bridge but they don't want me to keep it up anymore and i want to look at it tomorrow and mm-hmm. i'm like again we can do all of this and more at home and i felt very competent that you know i can handle this age i mean i wasn't sure about handling the rest of the years but you know i was just getting into it thinking this doesn't make any sense and um through his allergies which is another gigantic story um that if people are interested could look look up it's on my blog um and i made a little video chat even about it because i was so passionate about that topic about how the allergies and my understanding that his little body knew what it needed from all the food groups of the world uh, that i presented to him and i didn't have to worry um so all of these little factors came together and um more and more school looked like this thing that was not the real thing it was it was not, i don't want to call it fake because i am a product of school and i appreciate schools for what they bring to many families uh i was just grateful that at point at that point rabi and i could choose homeschooling we could choose to say i don't need to work anymore uh i mean i could continue teaching a little here and there but you know i was at home and that was huge and all of a sudden the rest of i mean everything made sense <laughs> it was all everything started to make sense i'm like yes i feel so good being with this little, little being um who's so wise and would look at me and just question everything which was my original spirit that was me growing up and it just like zinged wow. yeah yeah that's awesome and i i <laughs> that first picture this first picture ordinary world always like really hits me because i i loved the way that you put the image inside you know because that's what there we're schools trying to do right is trying to help um kids learn about the real world while they're inside the school but as yeah. with that that the little uh girl uh looking outside the window and seeing it in real life is it that that always uh gives me goosebumps <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah, but so so now you know about homeschooling and we're moving on to the next stage. Yes. Which is which is the actual choice, you know, yeah. deciding that you're going to move ahead with that. And your next illustration, which is called Dreams, um is is a wonderful depiction of just like the 
how wide and open and exciting and brainstormy and like the whole world's ahead of me. <laughs> oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> so is, uh, is that kind of what you were uh, trying to get across? I mean, there's so many little details in this that. Thank you. That yeah. I really dive into. Yeah. Um, I, okay. So dreams for me um, are also known as is home sitting a thing? Where has this been all my life? That was the end in me. When I uh, first stumbled upon Sandra Dodd's website, uh, that's around the time when, because, you know, once you look up the word homeschooling, it just is so, it's like anything else. You know, you start thinking about a topic and the next thing, you know, you bump into 50, you know. Yes, exactly. You know, reflections of it all over the place. And um, I loved it. I was like, I could not stop reading. He would fall asleep and I would read and he would wake up and I would go to the library and find more books about it. And I immersed myself because I could not. I, it sang to me is all I can say. For me, it was a heart connect uh, because learning, it was interesting. Ravi and I very early on knew that the learning couldn't be stopped. It just, you can't, it's just, it's so natural. Um, I love, somebody said this to me, and I, I unfortunately haven't figured out who said this to me and where I got this, but somebody said to me, little children are like scientists, you know, like doctors, scientists, visiting from outer space. Mm. And if treated them with that, do you know who said that, Pam? I don't no, know. No, I don't. But I loved it. To me, it became like this little mantra because when he would ask something, I would imagine like, look at this little being asking about the world, right? <laughs> um, it was it was the most amazing journey for me to know that there were other families out there, that we could talk about anything under the sun now. Uh, we didn't have to live our life according to an external clock, um, so the research at this stage, I started really thinking about um, how, you know, what kind of environment am I building for this child? What, what's going on in my house? Um, what does he like? What can we pursue? Um, I love saying often that both my children have been raised in the same house with the same parents, same things, same everything, <laughs> same opportunities. And they're so different, mm -hmm. so unique. And um, I, I, I am, I'm amazed that there was a time when I was all about books because Raghu was all about books. I love books anyway. So I was always like collecting books uh, and I collected books just for the illustrations. Uh, there's a beautiful book by John Muth, M-U-T-H, I think, and it's called Zen Shorts. And Raghu loved that book for whatever reason, even though I thought the stories were a bit, you know, moralistic, but it was beautiful. I liked it. I, I did see there was a great spirit to it. He loved it. So... I discover that he loves the illustrations, he loves the stories, and I'm looking at all of these books. And then Zoya comes along and is like, books? What can I build with it? Can I make a house with this? Can we tear the out? Can we cut it up? We, <laughs> you know, completely different viewpoint of books. Um, so I think at this phase um, in the illustration, to go back to the way I drew this, I felt like it's an immersion. It's like all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, my children are sleeping. I do not have to wake them up in time for anything. I can look at whatever I have in my house. I can look at what my child is gravitating towards. I can read all these 
incredible articles that, you know, you, Pam, and Anne, and Anna, and um, Sandra, and so many articulate, amazing women, Urmila Samson in Pune, and Dola, my friend, so many women have written and are writing still. Uh, and at that time, I think I was more immersed in Sandra Dot's side because that's the one that gave me so many examples of families living in this way uh, that all of a sudden the world was my, uh, what is it, like my playpen, my, yeah. I don't know. Uh, the world was my oyster? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love Lissy's uh, little tattoo uh, coming in. Uh, I think it was her first tattoo you said, Find Adventure. Yeah. I, yeah, lo- I love the way you worked that in. <laughs> yes. I loved that, you know, when we spoke about the illustrations and there were these little Easter egg moments that had begun to happen. And I was like, ah, this is even better. It adds a richness. Uh, to me, Zoya is the mermaid. She's my butterfly, my mermaid. She's my reminder to have fun. Oh, yes. Every time I say that, I think of Zoya and her language play. And she would say things like, the road is so grumpy. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, oh, she means it's bumpy. But she wasn't saying the word wrong. She meant the road was grumpy. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, I mean, um, like, you know, with Raghu, I still, when he was very little and Zoya was not quite with us yet and it was whatever that phase, I think, and she was maybe a young baby, I think I was still caught up in Raghu's way of thinking, which was quite logical. He was very, you know, construction-oriented and and fact-oriented. So it was a very... You know, it was a world that I understood because I grew up, I, I was like that as a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Zoya comes along and she's like, the road is grumpy. Um, my, you know, Ravi has crumbs. So Ravi will occasionally have his beard grow out and she would be like, oh, it's so many crumbs, Nana, so many crumbs. Her <laughs> play of words <laughs> and her way of um, oh, her playfulness. I think that's it. There's so much playfulness and her love for whales. I love that Lissy's little tattoo got worked in. I love that Raghu's little, he used to make these little jokes like miso hungry and it's miso, like miso soup. Or, mm-hmm. uh, and the child in the tree, you know, mm-hmm. relaxing as I immersed. He no longer had to be something I needed him to be. He could just be and be himself. And I could be his partner, his facilitator, um, his companion. It was, uh, yeah. It's lovely because that is that next stage, right? You've discovered um, homeschooling and unschooling, and now you, there's just so many possibilities, right? And it's just bubbling up and bubbling up. Yes. And yeah, I love I love the uh, find adventure for those who um, haven't heard the story yet. I'm sure I've told it on the podcast before, but um, that was always kind of Lissy's uh, mindset. And when she turned 18 for her 18th birthday, she got the find adventure, a small tattoo. Wow. Just to remind her. (laughs) And we were in Vegas when we did it, because that's where she wanted to go for her 18th birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So now we'll move on to drawing number three. And that's... um, to me, it kind of represents now Now we found all this wonderful thing. And then I think it can start, um, we can start to get a little, I guess, scared for lack of a better word or, or pulling in because we're like, okay, so how do we get this um, yes. to mesh into our family? Like how do we um, bring this into our lives? And, and for me, it was a huge shift to um, learning so much more about 
the people, like you were talking about the differences between um, Raigu and Zoya, right? And it's learning about them individually. It's learning about unschooling and trying to figure out how we're going to mesh um, those exciting ideas into our actual day-to-day lives. So what kind of inspired you with uh, this illustration, which is called Transitions? Yes. Um, I think in my mind, uh, when this illustration came about, um, I had to go back to that phase. And I think in the book, it's close to a part called Embracing Beginner's Mind. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so perfect because um, I found myself doing this funny thing where I'd get up in the morning and felt like I was restarting all over again, like rebooting, like the computer. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a little scary some of the times it was for me to wake up and realize that, wait, we have nowhere to go. We don't, like, don't little kids go someplace when they're about four (laughs) and a half? Aren't they supposed to be somewhere? And we, oh my gosh, am I screwing this up? Should I be doing something? And then all of a sudden I'd like get all frantic and one fine day I'll take out a bunch of worksheets thinking I'm accomplishing something. And I would sit with Raghu and for a little while it would be fun. And then suddenly he'd see like, oh, she has an agenda. Oh, Mm. what is, what? And it would end in tears, frustration, not fun for anybody. And then I would heave a big sigh and go back to sleep or we'd take a nap in the afternoon. I'd be like, oh, God, I just woke up and realized my life is great. Why am I messing around with it? (laughs) And um, I needed the trust. So I definitely looked for stories. I am eternally grateful to the hundreds of women um, whom I found online sharing their their, their just day-to-day moments. Moments of frustration, moments of what worked, what changed, how they felt. Um, You know, these women and men, of course, but I seem to connect with a lot of the women, uh, wrote lots of bits of their unschooling journey. And I was piecing together a visual, a new visual, because I needed a visual to walk towards. Um, Because until then, the only visual had been school alternate school, really alternate school, maybe Sudbury, but that was it. Uh, maybe Waldorf. I, I had an enam- I had oh, a fascination with some of the beautiful aspects of Waldorf. And every time I would bump into it, I'd be like, it's not working for me. And I'd walk away because Raghu <laughs> was learning everything that Waldorfians, I'm generalizing here, I know there's many interpretations, Everything Waldorfians said they shouldn't be using and doing and blah, blah, blah. Everything of that kind was exactly what I wanted to do and see and blah, blah. So I was, okay, you know what? There's something not working. So I'm like, okay, go back to the center. So it's like a restart. And this night of transitions that I feel emanated in this image of ah, just taking that moment. And it ties in so beautifully to saying embracing the beginner's mind, restarting. When I felt shaken because I was like, oh my God, my child is not reading. Uh, Most kids are reading, you know, because that's because I would bump into somebody whose child was the same age and was reading. Uh, I'd bump into somebody and they'd have a different experience. And I'm like, oh my God, my child. I would even start comparing because comparison is so easy. It's so part of how I was raised. Um, You know, the whole school system is based on comparison and, you know, how much do you know and how much does the other person know? And anyway, so I uh, would bump into people and I would get a bit shaken up and I would start comparing notes even with other unschoolers thinking, oh, my God, that unschooler knows how to do this. I should probably know that. And I, I had to go to the core. If we go down to what is the point of living like this? Why does it matter that what matters to Raghu is all that matters? 
you know? Like I had to yeah. really go into that. And the more I got into it, I, I don't get me wrong, there were nights where I was worried. I even worried what Ravi was feeling because he didn't have as much time. We had moved to Singapore at this point. Um, and I felt um, like I was responsible for my children's education. Were they turning out okay? Is everything going to be okay? Uh, I didn't quite find an unschooling group. I did find some friends, um, you know, built a little homeschooling community around me, found people. But mostly I had to keep coming back to my, my children and just stop there and say, okay, Zoya loves water, mud, sand, and watching people and watching other children, not engaging as much. And I'm like, okay, all right, we, if we spend four hours at the playground, that's okay. But the idea that we had just spent four hours at the playground, is that learning? You know, these were the things that I had to solidify a bit more inside me. See, in spirit, I got it. My spirit got unschooling. It never even connected with homeschooling because unschooling is where my spirit was. I got it. I, I had wanted that all my life. But all the parts of me that had gone through school, that had been raised by parents who were doing their best and saying, hey, you know, we need you to learn this and this and this. And only if you learn this, will you be successful in life? All of that was getting shaken up. And um, yeah. Nights of transitions. Yeah. yeah. Does that- I love that. Oh, yeah. It makes so much sense. And in this stage, um, Joseph Campbell calls it the belly of the whale. Yes. Um, yes. Because, I mean, that is, we literally, like, cocooned in our basement for, like, the first six months. Because, like you said, you have to find a way to... Um, ignore to move past those voices that are that that make you want to compare that um knock you off your game and to focus on your children's voices and and that whole like the beginner's mind that's why i i called it that because that was where i had to be i had to keep reminding myself that the things i thought i knew Mm -hmm. um I I wasn't comfortable with anymore. Mm. Yet I had to. I really had to find a place um, for all these wonderful new ideas that I had come across. But yeah, it takes that time, and it takes really. Um, I just love that metaphor in the belly of the whale because you have you need that that space to yourselves, right? Yes. And then yeah, and then you talked about how how you were. Um, figuring out or seeing the learning, right? Zoya spends four hours at the park and, and where's the learning in there? Where's the learning in there? Because that leads so nicely into the next stage. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Because now as you know, you're embrace this beginner's mind, you're, you're learning about your children. You're um, oh, yeah. starting to open up um, to all these new ideas in your new world Right. Yes. So now we're moving into our new unschooling world. Yes. And uh, the next stage I called um, challenging our beliefs about learning. This is kind of I took the road of trials of, of Joseph Campbell's hero's journey and I broke them into two areas, into um, learning and parenting, because they're those are two huge aspects yeah. of our journey. Right. Um, and I want to dive into each one individually. So with this one, I we called it learning, which is awesome. And now we're playing out on that cliff, right? <laughs> yes. The very cliff. It's the same world. You know, the schools exist. Everything. Sorry, did I interrupt you? Yeah, no, go, go. Yeah. 
I I loved that I went back to the cliff. I I wondered well, why why was I staying so close to the water all the time? Yeah. And as you will see in a couple of images, the, there's a reason for it. But anyways, at this stage, I had to be in the same environment. It's not like I was taking my children and going away somewhere. I was still in the same environment. And I wanted that to translate into this image by being just on the same cliff, just playing and being right there, but outside doing what it is that we wanted in the same world. Um, the learning uh, and the parenting being separate, yes. So there's a, there's a small story here that um, while it's a story about reading, uh, which is such a you know big deal to most of us, and it slowly has become a less of a deal for me, and I've learned so much um, why it's not that important. But I have to stay true to who I was uh, way back when you know this early understanding of learning was happening for me, and I'm grateful for that moment, even though. Um, wait, let me tell the story. Okay. So, <laughs> um, Raghu, Zoya was in my little backpack and I think she was snuggled up and we were in the overland MRT system, which is like a, like a overland subway yeah, uh, in Singapore. And Raghu loved these trains. He had memorized the stations. He knew the maps. I think he was about four and a half going on five at that point. And we were at a station. The train stopped. And the woman, um, the announcer, you know, said, Phoenix. And Raghu looked at me and said, she's wrong. Like, I love that. Okay, so he used to do this all the time, by the way. He would be just very like, that's not okay. That this is wrong. You know, he had this very clear. So I look at him and say, that, that's not wrong. It, what she's saying is Phoenix. And that's what's written out there. And he said, nope, that's Phoenix. So first of all, I'm blown away that this kid had at some point in this transition where I was not paying attention at all <laughs> to traditional learning, uh, had started reading of some kind. And I was, wow, he said Pahinix. I said, well, PNH, you know, by that time the trainer started moving and I said, PNH makes the sound for Raghu. So, you know, like in, and I was about to say something and he says, oh, like in Coelophysis. And I'm like, <laughs> What just happened? You know, I started <laughs> reeling. And of course, he was off and he was playing and jumping on the poles or doing something. And I called up Ravi. I was like, Ravi, I don't know when this happened, but this kid knows apparently words and has been reading in some form or fashion. And it really, uh, while it's a very, you know, it's like a, it's nice to have that early uh, you know, home, like, you know, it's that success, right? It's like, oh, my kids started to, mm -hmm. I didn't have to do it. I mean, I'd like to say, uh, immediately contrast that with Zoya, who is reading only just now, and that also in spurts, like she's getting into it now, and she's now uh, soon to be 12. Um, she has taken her own time, and her, I want to say, I learned that my delight could be equal in her kind of learning. It's so different. Raghu, to Raghu, words mattered. I remember in a library once, he was running and I had to stop him. And very often with Raghu, I had discovered a big word would stop him. Like I, at that point, I think I had just learned it. I said, hey, Raghu, there's a book here. And I just quietly kind of pulled him away because I could make out somebody or the other was going to stop him from running in the library. And he said, what? I said, hippopotamus. There's a book on hippopotamus. And he's like, what's that? You know, and oh my gosh, and ever since, actually, his connection to vocabulary and words and what they mean and the nuances. So that was an early start that 
you know, today is who makes him who he is. Uh, while Zoya's learning was of a different kind. So I also learned at that point that what I thought was important to be learned was still ingrained in me. I still felt like reading was important and writing was important and blah, blah, blah. And everything was getting shattered because my lovely, incredible Zoya <laughs> pretty much looked at me and said, no. And I was like, okay, I guess she doesn't like this. <laughs> this is not going to work for reading in bed was misery for her because Raghu loved to be read to every night without fail, even during the day. Sometimes, you know, like as soon as she fell asleep, he would just be waiting, read, 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 you know. And um, Zoya, to Zoya, that was the most annoying thing ever. So we mm-hmm. always had, had a big box of toys on the floor and, and her learning was with her hands you know, pulling things apart, making things work, um, uh, splashing in water and putting unusual things on the house in the tub to see what would happen, Uh, figuring out um, that the taps worked both ways and you could get burnt with the hot water, which she, I don't know why she would keep trying (laughs) just to see. (laughs) Is it going to be hot water? Is it still hot? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And her learning was completely different. And I was like blown away. And I'm like, is this normal? Is this what happens when we don't force them to learn to read, write, put labels, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? It just mm-hmm. mine. And learning of all kinds, slowly, I cannot say that what I speak today is who I was. I feel like it was in spurts. Every day I learned a little more. I got a little better. I would take stock sometimes and stop because it was too much. It was like, wait, 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 halt. I'm not ready for this next big thing, whatever it was. Um, Zoya wanted to jump into pools without her floats. How how do I support that? (laughs) That's really hard. Um, So I had to learn a lot of skills. And then I saw that the learning was rich and unique. And um, the more I could support that, the more they could be true to who they are. And the more I could question how much, uh, sorry, which skills are um, like, what is mandatory? What, what is required in life? And like, oh my God, at the very basic level, all that's required is they be happy, know how to get what they need, speak to me, uh, figure stuff out, you know, find what they need in life and I can always be there to help. And I'm like, wait a second, that seems like a recipe for some kind of success. I remember thinking like this when I was a kid, you know, and yeah. I don't know. I think I've got a bit off track, but <laughs> <laughs> no, those are those are amazing examples of this whole point, right? All that whole stage, we are questioning, you know, what is it that they they really need to to learn, yes. you know, so that we can get so comfortable with the fact that curriculum and directing it really isn't necessary, and then seeing how you saw with um, the reading stories that you shared, just how completely different people's learning styles can be when they're free to just um, approach things however they want, right? Yes. And yet, and yet you still see her learning amazing things in her own way. So I think that's what I, I love about unschooling and what is so hard about unschooling is that everybody's journey is so different. Yeah. You had those two children, right? So they had you questioning those things. They gave you those examples and you had your own experience with school. And then another parent will have had a different experience in their own lives growing up and will have different children. Oh. So different things will come up for them, right? Right. 
but this stage still happens for everybody. It just look can look very different, can't it? <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then um the next uh, illustration that you did, which is called New Perspective, which I love and I think yes, this is definitely one of my favorites. I have I have a water thing too, and this one just kind of hit me in the soul oh. as well. And and this this stage, uh, so this would be the other part of the road of trials if we're looking at the hero's journey stages. Yes. yes. And I called this shifting from control to connection. So there's this is the parenting aspect as well, and well. I would love to hear uh, some of your thoughts behind this one. Yes. Um, so throughout, like we said, we had, the, I had, you know, we both, um, while these illustrations were coming to be, uh, we had these little Easter egg moments, right? You were feeling for the water. We were feeling for, um, you know, various little things. The mermaid, who is not in this image. Actually, this image is one of the images where we don't have anybody except this little child. Um, and I just want to share that in the previous image we had the mermaid playful the parrot out there and um i felt like the mermaid is my reminder to play the parrot was my reminder to stay light and fly and the cloud people were my intuition and there's a grandpa and grandma just always on the peripheral somewhere because that was a part of our experience our experience was that our family was incredibly unaware of what this crazy journey was, but then we were already the crazy people in the family, so they were all like, oh, well, they're just elves. <laughs> <laughs> so it was okay. But yes, they're a big part of it, and I want to bring that to this new perspective, the road of trials, because I want to say that um, I had to really look at life from my child's perspective. In this image, it's just one child, because that one perspective uh, matters so much. Um, for me, I saw Zoya connecting with my mother-in-law, uh, connecting with my parents, um, and that was her learning. And I had to look at that. I, I had to find a, a way to say that, wow, while Raghu was interested in, you know, uh, who were the Mayans and what's going out in the, what was history, when did, you know, man first appear like you know what was evolution these were his kind of questions <laughs> meanwhile Zoya is all about like can I paint your nails can I do this why are your nails and you know like she would notice things about their body she would ask them questions and they responded to their credit I have to say they responded beautifully and it allowed me a different perspective I think they played along with her because Zoya is such a playful force that anybody in her vicinity is just going to have to play because she's just like that. <laughs> and I think the grandparents just could see that, oh my God, look at this one child who asks us these questions about why am I at the altar? Why is this ceremony in this way? And all these questions. So, and we have this other child who's, you know, just, Zoya once just sat in my mother-in-law's kitchen and watched her make puris which are these little flat things uh, made out of dough that we fry and they puff up. And she just sat there and ate them and ate them and watched. And it was, it was zen-like. It was like, what is this? You know, this is beautiful. It's like I saw, I could see, I had new perspective, new insights that there's a different vision of the world within my child. Um, and I'm, I'm just... Um, I say I'm being invited for the ride, 
you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had to go from controlling what that outcome was with the grandparents or with the environment to connecting with my child for which I needed to see from their point of view, which I didn't always succeed at. <laughs> I did not mm-hmm. always get what they were trying to do. And then I learned a lot more. Um, and I think you write much more beautifully about this in this book. There's so many ways to describe all these nuances and these um, uh, skills that we can pick up so that the trust becomes deeper. Um, I want to mention that around this time, I think I feel like we were in India. We just settled into Pune. Um, our experiences were expanding but I still had to stay true to my children uh, in a new cultural environment, in an environment that I had not actually lived in except as a student, which is a very different experience of any country. So living there with a family, um, I got to see things in new light. Uh, My mother-in-law was so sweet. There would be moments where Raghu was just hammering at burnt bits of rock and um, charcoal and stuff, and there'd be like a black mess all over her balcony. I mean, she didn't bat an eyelid. Uh I mean, to me, that's just, it makes me teary even today when I think of those moments where she just was like, yeah, yeah, of course. He wants to hammer something. I mean, I don't think they could see it. So don't get me wrong. If you ask them, so was that part of the unschooling? It's not that. They just connected with the spirit of the child. I saw more and more of that in India, and I'm ever grateful Mm-hmm. that in that society and uh, that's amazing mm, I've included a picture in this little bunch of photos that I'm hoping um, can be shared I think we could share mm-hmm. uh, the picture of my mother um, just sitting on the floor with a tiara kind of thing made of flowers and a gigantic dupatta which is like this cloth that we wear over our shoulders over certain Indian outfits and she has this all over her head and it was a moment in time that it just such a capture of who my mom is for Zoya in sitting and just playing and being who Zoya wants her to be. Um, there's another one where Zoya pretty much made my parents students in a school. Now she has no idea what school is but so this was the perspective, like I began to see that, and even I, I think I'm backtracking to learning here for a moment, to say that the learning is in all of this. Meanwhile, Raghu was involved in GTA. He's just three years older than <laughs> He was in the front room playing GTA and talking to me about the nuance of the game and how he had to do this in order to get this. And what's the math in this? Like, how can I get this much money? What do I need to do? I mean, my Zoya is like, okay, you are my students. And now we're going to have lunch. We have to go fix lunch, Mama. Let's go. That's what she calls my mom. And the road of trials, I feel, is a beautiful way to say that I, I didn't always see everything as some smooth, beautiful garden that I was in. It was like um, it was full of uh, awakenings for me. Mm-hmm. Every time I chose the connection, which was not always, I was not. Always, I keep saying this just to say that <laughs> it, it's a it's a huge growth. It's you can get unschooling in your spirit and still struggle with the day to day, which I think might tie into parenting, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No. I mean that. This is to me where this where it. I, I, I'll pick words yes. where the rubber hits the road. So it's when you're trying to bring all your, your um, intellectual understanding of unschooling and figuring out 
um, number one, how, how to be an unschooling parent yes. with your children, um, but also observing and seeing how unschooling uh, this lifestyle is, is unfolding um, with your children yes. and you're learning from them. You're learning so much from them, right? Yeah. And like you said, that's why I love the road of trials because it is, it's like, because so many of these things are counter to what um, we've been told yes. to expect, right? And our relationships are so different than the relationships with our children that we're told we're supposed to have, that control, that power that we know best, you know? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, these are definitely, you know, I talk about whether these are, are your monsters, what are um, the particular things that come up for you, like in each of those stages, the learning and in the parenting, I talk about five truths. Um, in each of those, that were ones that I struggled with, ones that I needed to learn about, needed to work through. Um, and yeah, that's what the other piece I love is the book is, um, you know, the hero's journey, the hero's journey book, um, by Joseph Campbell is called the hero with a thousand faces. Yeah. Right. Because there's just so many different ways through it. It's very personal to every, every single person. Yes. Um, and, and my favorite thing about this, this illustration is, um, this new perspective is it's jarring in that, um, you're looking from underwater, right. And you're looking up at this girl and it's just such a cool perspective. The moment you real, you're like, Hey, what's up here <laughs> for a second, right? You're just, I'm me anyway. I was trying to position myself. I'm like, Hey, where, where am I? Where am yeah. I? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that knocks you off for a second. And then to realize, um, where you are yes. and then to see the child in her joy. And, and I love her t-shirt, her, yes. her t-shirt says me, because this is, you know, watch me, yes. um, my perspective, what I choose, what I'm doing, this is valuable. And, and just all that, like in an illustration, it all comes out. That always amazes Thank me. You. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, my my art is words, and oh, that's what yeah. I love so much of working with you. Is is your art is visual, and it's just amazing to see all the different connections that come up between the words and and the art. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I uh, thank you for speaking about it like this because I couldn't have worded it how you did just now. It's beautiful. Oh. Yes, it's been fun. Okay, we should probably move on. <laughs> and that wraps up part one of my conversation with Hema. I look forward to meeting you back here next week for part two. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. I hope you found it helpful. You might also like the backlist episodes at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash podcast. While you're there, be sure to check out the first book in my Living Joyfully with Unschooling series, Free to Learn, Five Ideas for a Joyful Unschooling Life. In it, I share the five paradigm-changing ideas that most help me better understand unschooling. Reviewers have said... A quick read, but packed with ideas that challenge the dominant paradigm of our failing approach to learning. This little gem makes an excellent argument for unschooling. And I was rather doubtful about this book, as I had never heard of the author, but after reading it, I wish that I had read it years ago. I hope you find it helpful too. 
Free to Learn has also been translated into French and Spanish. Until next time, have fun living and learning with your family.